0: hey my name is tiffany vaughn and i'm on a mission to help regular people like me find their voice and then use it for lifting themselves and others up around them i'm a small town mom to three kiddos with my hubby james and man have we been dealing with a lot but isn't everyone i lovingly call it our hard beautiful journey and i bet that yours is too in season one i tossed the bricks from my shoulders that were weighing me down bricks that represented shame, embarrassment, regret, loss, you name it, I was feeling it. I am now taking those bricks and building up a stronger foundation for myself and our family. I have created this safe space for me and you to open our hearts and our minds and to use our voices to help others know they are not alone in their struggles. Marriage and divorce, mental health, infertility, parenting, and some soul journey work are all topics we discuss here. But let's be real for a minute life can definitely be hard but it can also be so dang beautiful am I right so pull up a cozy seat grab your beverage of choice and join me as I help others talk about their hard beautiful journey I know they will inspire you as much as they inspire me so let's get started Hello and welcome back to Hard Beautiful Journey. This is Tiffany Vaughn, and you are here for episode 18. On today's episode, I am talking with my friend and neighbor, Shanoah Hansen, about her difficult decision when she was younger to give up her son, Jordan, for adoption when he was just a few days old. This year, they reconnected. I am so honored that she shared her story with me and with our listeners, and I am just so grateful that she had the courage to do so. So let's get to the episode. Hello, Shanoa. How are you?
1: I'm good, Tiffany. How are you doing?
0: I am doing great. It's Friday. It is Friday. So excited. I am so grateful that you are here to share your story, your hard, beautiful journey. I wanted to start this episode with you kind of the backstory of how I found out about your story and that was one night James and I went over to your house for dinner you and Chris and we had far too much rye or maybe I did (laughs) fine right. for me, but yeah, I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was a lot. Um, And basically what came up was our story about our embryo adoption process. And we were actually just kind of going through that whole thing. And then I also told you about my sister, my half sister that I haven't met and And for those who don't know, I do have a half sister that I'm still looking for, and that will be a whole other episode one day. Um, And that is when Shanoa shared with us that she had a child that she gave up for adoption when she was younger. And I was amazed at the strength that it took for you to do that. And so I was wondering if you would share that story with my listeners.
1: Sure. Um, where should I start? Do you want me to start right at the beginning when I found out I was pregnant, or do you want me to? Yeah, start? let's start
0: there. Yeah. How old were
1: okay. you? I was twenty. I was about two months shy of my twenty-first birthday. I had. I don't want to get into too much detail. Whatever you're about, comfortable. Yeah. Um, about the the father, just I I want to maintain his privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have. Um, he plays a pretty big part of our son's life now as well but um, he is a private person and I I just want to respect that so
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, we met when I was um, 19 and we had a relatively brief but pretty intense romance and um, I was very fond of him and I I would like to think that he was pretty fond of me as well Um, we broke up and about a month after we broke up I found out I was pregnant so That really sucked. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) Um, I was raised, uh, in a fairly religious upbringing. Um, and so when I had considered all my options and I, I just want to put it out there that I'm actually pro-choice as well. I, Mm -hmm. I, um, I understand, um, why someone would, would go the abortion route. Um, but when I thought about my options and, and how I was raised, um, adoption just seemed like the the right path for, for me and for my baby and also for his birth father. So uh, we did discuss it and we decided that it was a good decision. We let my family know. I don't think his parents were really in the loop um, initially. And um, from there, it was it was a good 40 weeks of um, a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity, a lot of pain,
2: mm-hmm. a
1: lot of excitement. Um, it's it's not easy being pregnant and having to move back home. Um, I was, you know, I was renting a place with um, some friends. I I lived a very carefree life. I was waitressing. I really had no. um I had no aspirations at that time. I was just pretty content to um, have fun, date and have fun and drink Mm -hmm. and party and go to the bar and um, meet people. And so that um, the pregnancy really put a, (laughs) a dent in, in um, how I wanted my life to go at that point. Mm -hmm. So I moved back home. And, um, that was really difficult. And I know it was super hard for my parents. I know that they were, they were pretty disappointed in me. I think that they had, uh, bigger plans for me or bigger hopes and dreams for me. And, um, it was, it was hard for all of us. It was a really huge adjustment. I had two younger siblings at home. Um, I was plagued with morning sickness. I was plagued with, loneliness. It was a very lonely time in my life because, you know, my friends were out doing the things that I couldn't do anymore. Um, One thing that got me through was um, the adoption agency that I went through was actually through our church. They had their own um, social agency. And so I had a small support group with, um, with a social worker that was assigned to me. And I was also given, um, I guess you would call her a liaison. I'm not I'm not really sure how, what the point of her was for me personally, but I know that some girls were just given um, this aid that could, like, drive them to doctor's appointments or right. um, take them grocery shopping if they didn't have a vehicle. And I didn't really need her, um, except for one night I needed her. Um, but for the most part, I would just go to um, support meetings, and I met other... Um, moms that had given babies up for adoption. I met moms that had decided to keep their babies. And I got to see um, how their lives unfolded. And that was very eye opening for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, yeah, I just basically existed in um, like this pregnancy bubble, like a hermit in mm-hmm. the basement of my parents' house until he arrived on a warm September day.
0: Yeah. And what happened after that?
1: Well, it was um, four and a half hours of back labor, which is one of the most excruciating. (laughs) It was excruciating. And I, I, I mean, I've had two children since then. And I mean, I'm like a Pez dispenser. They just like fly out of me. (laughs) But um, Jordan, he came out, Badly bruised. His poor little head was like uh, pointed, and he had like these little blue bruises all over his crown. Um, oh, his nose was so flat; like he yeah. just could not get out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was it was really um, it rocked our rocked us both. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Your both shook up.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
1: Um, he was a very healthy, very beautiful baby. Um. And it was it was uh, bittersweet. It was it was super exciting to finally meet him. Um, my had my mom. I had my mom there. Sorry, I feel like I'm gonna cry. No, nope,
0: don't, don't um, say sorry.
1: <laughs> I had my mom with me, and I had um, my sister in law with me, and it was just a really emotional journey for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. Shocking. I can't remember. Like I, there's a lot of things that I don't remember and I think time heals a lot of wounds and my memories have really, really faded. It it, it has been 23 years since I gave birth to him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember feeling just shocked when I stared at him, like just shock and awe. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was, A lovely baby he just wanted to be snuggled he slept um he was really easy and just so small and quiet and beautiful yeah um I had decided that I wanted to keep him in the hospital with me for a couple days just so I could make sure I was making the right decision yeah Um, and I had picked his family already um, so I had spoken with him over the phone and before he was born um, his adoptive mother had flown out to meet me we'd had we had supper together Mm -hmm. and she was beautiful um, and everything that I would look for in a mother and more Mm -hmm. in fact they were the only people that um, really kind of met all the prerequisites that i had on a list Mm -hmm. Um, hence why they they're actually from ontario so i couldn't find anybody in alberta that i wanted um uh to take him yeah um so she's this amazing woman um high school math teacher his dad is a professor um, really well educated they're both musical they're both athletic um, beautiful home smart, gentle, just really good people. Mm -hmm. So I kept him with me for two days. And um, the first night, it might even have been the second night. I actually can't remember. um, I fell into a deep sleep. I had put him in the bassinet beside me. I crashed hard. And there was um, another mother in the bed beside me who i think had um had some social issues her baby was actually taken away from her while i was there in the hospital mm-hmm. and um and so there was a lot of stuff going on it was just a really like tumultuous time in the hospital mm-hmm. and i was sleeping and i was was shaken awake by a baby crying and i was like ah oh, lady like get up feed your baby like go like tend to your baby
2: yeah
1: took me like probably a good five or ten minutes to realize that it was actually Jordan that was crying yeah and I didn't like clue in that it was my baby it wasn't Mm it wasn't her baby it was my baby and it scared the crap out of me like Mm -hmm. it made me um it just made me question if I had any maternal instincts, if I was actually going to be able to take care of him. And it was sort of that fork in the road moment. And I was like, okay, no, I've already made this decision. Like I had waffled so many times. And I know um, my parents had really, my mom especially wanted me to keep him, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just knew that I had, I needed to stick with my um, decision. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, So the next day we placed him with his new parents because of adoption laws in Ontario, we couldn't actually do it at the hospital. So we had to meet at a church and to back, backstep just a little bit. um, His father and I hadn't spoken in several months uh, leading up to the birth of, um, of Jordan. I did call him that day and I did ask him to come and see the baby. I didn't even ask him. I just asked him if he wanted to see the baby and he Mm -hmm. really, really did. Um, And so he came and said goodbye, which was, uh, I think, pretty important for both of us Mm -hmm. and for Jordan. And um, yeah. And then we went to a church and I got to have a few quiet moments with him Mm -hmm. and I met his adoptive parents, his dad and his mom. And we said a prayer for him, and I placed him in her arms, and that was that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, I'm having a hard time with this one.
1: Goodness. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to cry. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyways, um, the aftermath, it's, it's really weird um, how you feel um after giving away a baby I think I think in part one of the reasons why I decided to do this um it's a bit of a cautionary tale like I I really hope some moms out there just talk to their kids about pregnancy and how hard it is and then why you should not um have unprotected sex or or be poorly planned which we were um but um it's it really just sucks giving up baby Yeah. So you go through, um, you know, I had gigantic boobs full of milk, um, that I had to try and dry up Mm -hmm. and that was painful and awkward. Um, and there was weight gain, uh, there was like a sense of loss and then, um, and a lot of people won't admit this. I, I think one of my best and worst qualities is that I'm a pretty honest person. There's also a sense of relief. Um, I was relieved it was over. I was, I was relieved that I could go back to some semblance of a life, whatever that was, and I knew that I needed to piece that together. There was jealousy. I was so jealous of his new family. And there was guilt because, you know, I, I did feel relief. And I also felt bad about his birth dad and what he was going through. And I felt bad for my parents. And, um, I mean... I didn't just lose a baby. I didn't just lose a son or say goodbye to a son, but you know, my, my mom said goodbye to her grandson and yeah. Yeah. my siblings said goodbye to their nephew. It's uh it's a pretty encompassing situation. And it's at that time, it was, it was a little hard for me to wrap my brain around in hindsight now that I'm older. And I think a little more sensitive to other people's feelings. I, I realize. um. That it wasn't just a a huge life-altering moment for me; it was a huge life-altering moment for for many, many people. Mm -hmm. Um, So life carried on, and um, you know all the good bits. I found the love of my life, and I have two incredible daughters. Incredible. uh, (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I think Rachel and Natalie are exquisite humans. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm so proud of them. Anyways, um, on March seventeenth. Uh, right when COVID was hitting, and uh, the world felt like it was tumbling. I was pretty stressed out. I had been told that day at work that I was no longer going to be working at campus. I work for state. Um, and I, was, I had to pack up and, and get home and, and make plans to be working from home for the foreseeable future. And I needed groceries really badly. And I'd gone to three different grocery stores and I couldn't find flour (laughs) (laughs) Yep, or yeast or toilet paper. (laughs) And I was just really frustrated and it was, um, it was affecting me. And I think it was because I'd been in such a strong state of denial. I didn't think COVID was really that big of a deal until, until that day. And so I was parked outside the AG in black diamond, um, about to go in to look for flower and my, my phone pinged and I, I opened it and it was a message from Jordan and I I have goosebumps right now. (laughs) Oh my God. I feel like I should actually have the message open so I could read it. But in a nutshell, it just said, hi, Shanoa, I'm Jordan. I've been thinking about my birth mom for a while now and I wanted to reach out and, ultimately, it was one of the most sensitive uh, texts that I've ever read. It was, he said that he didn't want to make anything difficult for me or my family. And it would be okay if I didn't want contact with him. And he said that he hoped that we were coping okay in this very difficult time. Uh, So I knew, I don't know, you know, when you just, my heart exploded because
0: you had been looking for him right or had been keeping track of him
1: when we talked I told him I was like I've spent hours looking for you like I knew his parents were teachers so I go on the Ontario Board of Teachers registry and just like I thought their last name started with an H so I was looking for all of these teachers with their first names and their last name is an H and as it turned out his last name starts with an S, so I would like looked for. Spent hours, you know, searching yeah. for the wrong people, <laughs> and I had gone. <laughs> I would go on Facebook or Instagram and look for for Jordan H's and hadn't have no luck. So yeah, and I had also put my my name on an adoption registry. I was I really did want to find him, and it was funny because I, I think several months before he found me, I had actually just decided it was never going to happen. And I had kind of put it to bed in my own brain. So I was really shocked when when he texted me. Yeah, so I was overjoyed. So we set up a conversation um, the next night. And over the was, phone
0: or over a video?
1: Just over the phone. Yeah. Um, but I did like I got his, I mean, I was able to creep on his Facebook profile and yeah. um see that he was. So you know, handsome and gorgeous, and um, so handsome, like so handsome, so handsome, like all the best elements of of myself and his dad, I think, just um, really are showcased in this beautiful human of a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, sweet, soft voice, very gentle mannered, funny right off the hop, um, and sensitive, and really understanding of of um, the position that I was in I think of his birth dad's position no ill will whatsoever which was really important I really wanted him to know that it wasn't a lack of love that you know propelled my decision Mm -hmm. and yeah we talked and talked and then we set up a video chat the next week and I got to see his gorgeous face and he was all furry from a COVID (laughs) beard. um, He was really forthcoming about his life and his lifestyle and how he was raised. Um, Mm -hmm. um, His girlfriend, he was, you know, he's madly in love with this girl and just really just so great. And I just fell head over heels in love with him. Like just, really really in fact he was just an all-encompassing piece of my life for months to you know to the extent that it was like it was really hard for my husband it was hard for my other children too they were I think they were feeling a little um, bamboozled by my excitement and
2: Mm -hmm.
1: my sense of like I had you know I had recovered like a priceless you know
0: gem this
1: piece of my heart had finally just been inserted back in. I t- had to tell my kids that was really, really difficult. They didn't know about him. It took me about a month and it, it was after a discussion with my husband. Um, yeah. You know, who's, he's an amazing man. You know, he's an amazing man. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but he had, he's had a hard time with this situation and he's come around a long, a long way. And he's very supportive and very loyal and um, very protective of me mm-hmm. and the girls. And so he's been kind of, just watching.
0: Cautious. Just,
1: just cautious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I told the girls that was uh, probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in really? my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It was. Yeah. I I can't even really express like it felt like I was keeping some great big massive secret, which it was. It was a great mm-hmm. big massive secret. And their reaction was just so visceral. They were, they both burst into tears. mm mm-hmm and said we have a brother (laughs) 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 and they were I thought they were going to be kind of happy and or excited but initially they were just I think they grieved for him I felt like they felt like they had lost out on something Mm -hmm. too and that hurt so bad to think that that's how they felt about it Mm -hmm. and so we had to do a lot of chatting about how we now had time to get to know him and that he if you know maybe we won't like him or maybe we will yeah but <laughs> you never know yeah you might decide you don't want him in your life but at mm-hmm. least now we have we have some options mm-hmm. um and so we started doing um consistent video chats with him and then he just shocked the hell out of all of us and and drove out here at the end of May.
2: i
0: know that was so, oh my goodness. I remember the text from you that he's coming I'm like, oh my God, that is so awesome. In yeah. COVID, it was in COVID, like yes, crazy yeah. COVID time, yeah. but he made the, him and his girlfriend made Drone the trip for
1: three days straight. Yeah.
0: And then were you, how were you nervous?
1: Yeah, I was pretty daunted actually. I was super nervous. I was super excited. And I mean, at that point I was just like. I don't know the, the emotions that I have for him um, are so they're so unique because Mm -hmm. there was that sense of loss and there's that sense of hope. And um, I guess kind of a renewed fervor that, you know, I get, I get to have a son, the Mm -hmm. the son that I didn't think I was ever going to get to know. And um, I want him to love me and I want him to love my family and I want him to just fit like around peg in a round hole Mm -hmm. so I was so worried that none of that was going to happen and I was also um I don't know I was insecure I was what is he gonna think of me Mm -hmm. is he gonna think that I'm like a fat old white lady
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you should see (laughs) Noah. drop dead gorgeous (laughs) you are funny
1: (laughs) thank you but uh yeah, it was, I don't know. I just had so many, I don't know, so many feelings, good and bad. He got to know his, his birth dad too, because I had connected um, him to his family as well. So there was some feelings of jealousy and insecurity on my part with that as well. And I think I've come a long way with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am very, very happy that he has a relationship with, with his dad, but knowing that he was going to be meeting all of us and spending time with all of us. And I was just feeling really proprietary. There was just so many emotions. I had a really hard time uh, wrapping my head around it. And in fact, I was kind of a mess. Like now that I look back on where I was Mm -hmm. in May and uh, even just the months following, it's, it's uh, I wish I could do it over. I wish that I could change some things.
0: Like what? um, Just, I
1: wish that we had spent more time um, just him and I initially I made sure that the girls were um, included in absolutely everything that we did um, to the point that I really just didn't get to sit down and like just have some one-on-one time with him Mm -hmm. and um, I wish that I'd had more time with him here in the house I wish that I planned a bit better I really didn't know what to do with him and Jess when they were here Mm -hmm. because it was all COVID. Was COVID. <laughs> and I'm not a planner. I'm not um a social event coordinator at all. Like I really can barely pull together supper most nights. So I was just like, what the heck do I do with them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so quite often we were just like doing nothing. We were just chilling out. We were just on the deck or going mm-hmm. for a walk or mm-hmm. playing basketball at your house on your driveway. Or, yeah, yeah. or whatever it was. Um so I wish that we had done some more fun things. I wish I'd meal planned a bit better. <laughs> um, I wish I'd seen my doctor and maybe, um, because I think I was going through a bit of a depression at that time as well. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was a bit unbalanced and I was in denial. And I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I know that the place I am now after talking to my doctor and um, getting some help, I just... I wish I had been more like myself now.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: yeah. Well, so after after he came and you told me about your feelings about like even like the jealousy with your ex and everything, that was when I you helped me see the birth mom's point of view from my situation. Right. So before that, I was just like, what in the hell? Like, cause for those who don't know, it's my dad's um, first child um, that he's still wanting to meet and I want to meet and we're not able to find her because the birth mom has, is not wanting to give us any information that she knows. And prior to you telling me about your situation and how it made you feel that really upset me that she wasn't disclosing that information. Remember mm-hmm. me telling you that? Yes. And after we talked, it was like, okay, well, I need to see it from the birth mom's perspective too. Right. And, and that she could have her own feelings about this situation, that there's reasons why she doesn't want to share it. And so it was, I'm really grateful for you giving me the birth mom's perspective. It yeah. helped a lot in, in me maybe chilling out a bit and when it happens it will happen when it's supposed to right yeah yeah
1: and I and I hope that it does I don't know why this woman would choose to hide um, your sister from you but hiding Jordan from his dad would would never ever be an option he neither one of them deserve that I think that Jordan deserves to know where he's come from and you know, sort of see the, the genetics and mm-hmm. like, I mean, they're very similar in nature and he is a lovely human being. So all my petty feelings aside, because they were petty, I am really super glad that, that, uh, Jordan's been able to come full circle and, and, mm-hmm. and meet both of us and bond with both of us. I, I mean, he loves his dad and, um, and his other family members, and
0: how are they that, handling all of it? His birthday. Oh, girls. they
1: were so overjoyed. Were they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, really happy. Handled it really well. Um, I feel like it would probably be okay to say that um, his wife and I we we um, we communicated quite a bit uh, prior to Jordan arriving for a visit, um, and she's a a really really lovely lady. Mm -hmm. Um, and very sensitive to um, my feelings as well as her husband's. Um, Mm -hmm. I think she was maybe even a little bit more introspective than I was as far as where um, things were going to go. And I think there was at times she was a bit baffled by my jealousy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we did talk about that as well. We did have a nice supper together. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, it's just amazing what um, a few months of of space and and healing and time can do for a person because after he left I was I was just re-devastated it took Mm -hmm. a long time to uh cope with with missing him I
0: just seeing him and then him leaving again and
1: yeah it it hurt just as bad as the first time it was crazy like Mm -hmm. um I was a mess like the month of June I was just Ah, um, mass. I could mm-hmm. not really function properly, and now I mean we talk quite often, and I still get to see his beautiful face on all of our Facebook chats and mm-hmm. um, hear his voice. And he's um, coming out for Christmas, which is great.
0: <gasps> he is. That's uh, yeah. exciting. That's excellent. Yeah,
1: yeah. We're gonna take him skiing because he's an amazing skier.
0: Awesome. Um,
1: he's good at everything, but yeah, he's, he's just one of those things. Yeah, and um, yeah, so. I don't know. There's, I, we have a really positive story and it's, it's um it's ended on a happy note. I know that, you know, not everybody's adoption story is, is a good one, but mm-hmm. I feel pretty, pretty grateful that uh, our story is what it is.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm so grateful that you shared it with me and with my listeners. Adoption in any form is not an easy thing to go through. And, um, I'm just so grateful that he found you again and that you, that you are reconnected with him and he is the most beautiful boy ever boy man (laughs) (laughs) ever. And yeah, just so happy for you guys that you got that missing puzzle piece back.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Well, and I, um, I feel, I don't know if who will listen to this or if any of um, Jordan's adoptive family members will hear this, but I would like to send out a very special thank you to them um, because he is the person he is because of them. I mean, they raised him and and they Mm -hmm. loved him and they gave him what I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's pretty, pretty important to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And if there's anything else that I could just say out there to the world that's listening um, to women that were maybe in my situation, uh, just know that you have some options and uh, there's a lot of amazing resources. And I go to, go to your local church. If you, if you need some help, they will find resources for you and don't give up hope. Mm -hmm. There's a light at the end of the tunnel
0: there absolutely is. I am grateful for you. I'm grateful that you shared your story. Um, I'm grateful that you and Chris and the girls are our neighbors. Don't ever move like the other people (laughs) moving around us. (laughs) Don't ever move. Uh, Yeah. We're just so grateful that we landed in a spot that's right next to you.
1: So that's exactly how we feel, especially (sighs) when uh, your husband comes over and helps us build a fence.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> I was like, "Where did he go? He was gone." <laughs> oh, there he is!
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, that was good. What are you grateful for today?
1: Uh, today, I am grateful for my husband, Chris. He challenges me and excites me and makes me laugh every single day. And um, I don't think I would have survived this year really uh without his steadfast nature he's um he's calm in a storm
2: mm-hmm. I really that's
0: a good way to describe him
1: yeah yeah, yeah. he's uh he's he's something he mm-hmm. really is
0: mm-hmm. and he's lot. well come on <laughs> you lucked out right? <laughs> I did yeah <laughs> I think I lucked out yeah Awesome. Well, I want to thank you again, and I hope you have a really good weekend.
1: Thanks, Tiff.
0: Okay. See you later. I'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Trust me, I know from personal experience that the thought of it can make you just shut down that idea immediately where do I even begin? What equipment do I need? Will people even care what I have to say? What if I run out of things to say? The list of questions goes on and on. I had the questions too, so don't worry. And now that I've done the work and I'm still learning every day, I am ready to teach others that they can do it too, and it doesn't have to be scary. I will be sharing more info over the next month on when my course will be launching, so please stay tuned. And if you have any specific topics you'd like to see covered in this course, please feel free to send me a DM and I'll be sure to consider it. If you want to use your voice to entertain, educate, or inspire others, you will definitely be interested in the course that I am building. It will have so much great content and have you starting your podcast in no time. Believe me when I say this, people want to hear what you have to say. So let's find your voice together and start your own podcast. Until next time, be kind and stay well.